It's time for JT the Brick. I love you, JT. You're a very honest person, and you have never shied away from the truth. Here we go again. Do it. Do it. All hands on deck. I'm coming to get you. Bring the energy that I bring. Do something. Get out of the soft zone. I won't waste your time. Your time is valuable to me. I don't hold back on anything. We're doing our job. As I often say, Raider Nation Unite, this would be a good time to pretend you're all in. Man, do I sound Mr. Wonderful and optimistic, huh? JT the Brick. I'm done with. We got to clean it up. Done. Clean it up is over. It's put up or shut up week. There are no rules here. Bobby insists. No rules. That's kind of a hostile work environment for me. Is it too soft? I'm salty. I'm pissed off. But I want to see some violence. The wolves are at the door. This is it. You got me? This is it. Let's stop this. Let's get to work and do your job. And now. Let's go. Here's JT the Brick. Out of the gate, JT. Good to see on the YouTube live stream and on Raider Nation Radio as we open up the show from home today. Uh, from my home studio, if you're on the YouTube stream, you can see that my wife built me a brick backdrop she ordered from Amazon. My wife gets three boxes from Amazon a day. She's the best wife of all time. And she ordered me a brick backdrop, which she put up some contraption here in my home studio, which is basically a tarp of bricks. So you don't have to see the rest of the room, which is okay. You know, we have all these levels of studios now. We have the unbelievable one at the Raiders. Their podcast radio studio is worth millions, plural. It's unbelievable. We have a beautiful studio at Lotus Broadcasting, and I do a lot of live streaming at home. So I'm home today. We had a couple of things had to get done around the house. So I'm here from home today, and we got a really packed show. Vinny Bonsignor, Raiders insider at the bottom of the hour. He's going to introduce us to the new coaching staff. There's a bunch of new coaches here. We're going to go coach by coach with Vinny to learn about the new coaching staff, which seems to have a lot of Raider fans triggered. Uh, Raider fans always concerned about a coach. Is he too old? Is he too young? Does he have experience? Does he run the ball? Whoa, whoa, whoa. These are all football men. And some ladies who are in the league, which is fantastic. This is an inclusive franchise. The coaches on the Raiders have depth and knowledge. Yesterday we found out about Joe Philbin, a former head coach of the Miami Dolphins, who I put out a tweet. He's a no-nonsense guy, right? He's a guy that wants to win. He's a guy that is really, you know, nuts and bolts football guy. And I had Raider Nation clapping back at me. Well, how come he isn't a head coach anymore? Why was he at Ohio State? Is there something wrong being at Ohio State, being a head coach, being an offensive line coach for the Cowboys? The guy's got more experience in his pinky than most football fans have knowledge of the game. He's a former head coach. I like that with Antonio Pierce. I think that's a good thing to have more head coaches, including Marvin Lewis, who is the de facto, he's the mentor of Antonio Pierce. We know that Antonio Pierce has connections to Tom Coughlin. Whenever he needs Tom Coughlin, Tom Coughlin will get on a plane and fly to Las Vegas and be in on meetings to help, along with Joe Philbin, former head coach, and some of the other coaches there. Oh, and by the way, Patrick Graham, who I would assume by next year will be a head coach in this league. Unless he wants to stay with the Raiders in this position, he was in the cycle this year, and there were a couple of people hired over Patrick Graham who aren't as good as Patrick Graham. So we got another guy who's definitely, I can guarantee you, Patrick Graham will be a head coach in this league at some point, and he's on the Raiders staff. So with all of this happening right now, we're in a pretty good spot, I think. We, the season ticket holders, we, the members of Raider Nation, 
there's not going to be anything that's missed in a meeting, okay? With Joe Philbin, Marvin Lewis, Antonio Pierce, Patrick Graham, right, Luke Getze, there's going to be nothing that slips through the cracks in regards to the Raiders coaching staff. There are some new coaches that left other teams that went to a new city, Seattle, for example, Mike McDonald, who has to build the staff, has to peel some people out from Baltimore, have to bring in new people. I'd worry about the new coaches who have never coached before. Antonio Pierce knows the building well. Tom Telesco knows a lot of coaches and executives in the league. Let me do some Raider therapy in the monologue. This is brought to you by Golden Entertainment. They have the Strat. They have Atomic Golf coming. They have March Madness. I'm going to be doing live shows from the Strat for March Madness like I do every year. And they own PT, 64-plus taverns here in Las Vegas. Best happy hour in town. That's 5 to 7, midnight to 2. So let me put on my Raider therapist hat. Will you all freaking calm down with the coaches? You didn't want Josh McDaniels. You ran him out of town, rightfully so. He didn't deserve to be the coach no longer because he didn't win. You didn't want him. I worked with him. The players worked with him like Max Crosby and Devontae. He's gone. You wanted him out. You all seem to have wanted Antonio Pierce. I mean, 90% of he has wanted AP. I call him coach. You all wanted him. You got him. And now he's got his mentor in Marvin Lewis and another former head coach in Joe Philbin. You got Patrick Graham who rebuilt the defense and made it good. What more are you looking for? We played you the Luke Getze sound. I think he won the press conference. He said everything. We'll be explosive. We'll run the ball. I mean, he got the memo. You don't think Luke Getze read the chapter on Josh McDaniels as the offensive play caller and read that chapter on the plane and said, the last thing I want to do is kind of get the Raider Nation pissed off at me by saying all I'm going to do is run the football on first, second, and third down. Getze said everything right, and he seems to be pretty knowledgeable, and he comes from that Packard tree. Vinny Bonsignor at the bottom of the hour on these coaches and how they're all connected to this tree of Mike McCarthy, Mike Holmgren, and the Packers. little West Coast offense vibe going with a couple of experienced men and then the other coaches who are going to fill out the staff. And I hope I get an opportunity to emcee a lot of events in the offseason where the coaches show up at, and I'm looking forward to being introduced to some of the coaches the next time I'm in the building. So if you have an issue on anything that has to do with the coaching staff being filled, anything, Bring it to me. I have the same philosophy all the time. I don't know the coaches when they're brand new. Some of them I do. Some of them have been with the Raiders more than once. They come back. It's good to recognize a friendly face. But the new guys who are coming in, I don't know anything about them other than Wikipedia, other than what their resume is, who they coach, what their record was, and now they get a fresh start with the silver and black. That's how this works. That's how this works. As we welcome these coaches because you, the fans of the Raider Nation, hate to lose. So wouldn't you welcome in a new coach saying, man, there's a new guy, new vision. Maybe it's going to look a little bit different. I like what we got going here. I don't know how you have to be negative on a coach who's never coached a game for the Raiders yet. And you will be. I know you. I'm part of your brotherhood. I'm in the black hole. If you don't like the coach, I'm going to know about it by about week three to week six. We're going to be ringing my phones off the hook, upset about the coaches or in love with the coaches. So that's part of the monologue if you want to get in, 702-365-9200. Also, I want to get into the opening of the show. Today was Raider Day on SportsCenter. Uh, SportsCenter, Lewis Riddick did a profile on the Raiders in the Raider offseason and what they need to do. Lewis Riddick is a former Raider, 
played for the Raiders, and he did a deep dive. And basically the whole gist of it, as he was talking to Hannah Storm about it from ESPN, is that the Raiders need a quarterback. And they're at number 13, and how do they go get a quarterback from 13 to top three or four or five? That really is going to be the biggest topic that we have this entire, I believe, this entire offseason. Who's going to be the quarterback, the veteran that comes in, or how is Tom Telesco going to trade up and get Jaden Daniels, or will he wait and take Bo Nix or J.J. McCarthy? And then they went on a deep dive on what the Raiders have, and then Lewis Riddick had the needs of quarterback number one, offensive line number two, and D-tackle number three. I'm pretty pissed off with this D-tackle position as I've always been transparent with you. There's been a lot of young defensive tackles that have been drafted over the last couple of years since the team moved to Vegas, and none of them have developed yet into being potential pro bowlers. So you got to go out there and get veterans to plug a hole, and usually a veteran defensive tackle, with my knowledge of the game, a, a veteran defensive tackle is a little bit overweight. You know, he's a run stopper. You know, get good players in the past. You get a Ted Washington-type guy, John Jenkins guy, just a big run stopper who normally is there to stop the run and can't play all three downs. They're there to stop the run on first and second down, and then they're not able to get to the quarterback, such as Chris Jones of Kansas City. Well, it's tough to find Chris Jones. You know, the Raiders had one of the greatest defensive tackles I've ever seen died very early in Daryl Russell. When Daryl Russell was drafted by the Raiders, he went to the Pro Bowl in back-to-back years. He had some problems off the field. He could have been a Hall of Famer. He was a Hall of Fame talent at USC, and he started off his first two seasons, that D-tackle, super athletic. I like a defensive tackle that can get a push, stop the run, but get to the quarterback. It has been a bleep and black hole for this organization for a long time. We can't seem to get the kid who can do it. If it's Byron Young, great. If it's Nestor Jade Silvera, great. But there's no more poking around and reaching for a Clee Farrell or to try to find a defensive tackle. Go get one who can stay on the field and make some plays. Lewis Riddick had that there as a need. And then the offensive line and then Josh Jacobs. So the topic today is basically going to be Josh Jacobs. In hour number two at 1 o'clock Pacific time, I'm going to lead with Deshaun Reed's column. He wrote a great column at The Athletic that I had today. Uh, woke up this morning, it was right in my inbox, and it was about five options for Josh Jacobs. And as I already threw that into the chat here on our YouTube page, what do you want to do with Josh Jacobs? As F- Deshaun had five options, franchise tag, tag him and trade him, sign him to a cap-friendly contract, let him go, let him go, don't offer him anything. So there's a whole bunch of options there for Josh Jacobs. I'll get into that as I lead the monologue off next hour. I think he needs to be back. I'm a fan of Josh Jacobs. He did not have a good year. His production plummeted, plummeted, and he missed the last four games of the year. Normally, you don't get a raise when you do that, but I don't get in front of Josh's money. Antonio Pierce loves him. I don't know what Tom Telesco thinks of him. I'm sure he respects him, but he's the heart and soul Raider in that locker room. And I'll make the comparison to Bo Jackson, Marcus Allen, Tyrone Wheatley. We'll get to that next hour. But the last thing, that I want to take a look at here on my phone as I screenshot it was Mike Tannenbaum, Mike Tannenbaum of ESPN, who said something so outlandish a couple of days ago that I tweeted about it. He was talking about Russell Wilson being a backup for Aaron Rodgers. And I was in Maui in Hawaii, and I saw that in the morning, having a coffee on SportsCenter. And I don't like to tweet other than sunset photos when I'm on a trip. 
but I thought that Mike Tannenbaum lost his mind, actually saying, actually saying that Russell Wilson, who's on the path to go to the Hall of Fame, should back up the egomaniac Aaron Rodgers. And I said, come on, Mike, you got to be better than that. Who's in charge of ESPN talent? But Mike Tannenbaum's been in the league over 25 years. So today on SportsCenter, here it is, Mike Tannenbaum broke down the Raiders. And he said, the Raiders' offensive checklist. He said, number one priority, sign Russell Wilson to the veteran minimum. Whoa. Whoa. Veteran minimum for Russell Wilson. Didn't talk about a long-term contract. Didn't, he said veteran minimum. And then he said, draft quarterback J.J. McCarthy at number 13 overall. And I said, whoa, wait, wait a second. Does that make sense? And I said, hell yeah, it makes sense. If you can get Russell Wilson at the veteran minimum, which I don't think you can get him at, I think Russell Wilson and his wife, Sierra, is too proud to play for the veteran minimum. Obviously, the Denver Broncos are on the hook for what, like a quarter of a billion dollars when they signed him for over 230-plus million guarantee. They're going to cut him. So all the money's been paid and the guaranteed money that Russell Wilson has. And if the Raiders can go surf around and get him at the veteran minimum, you better believe I love that. Russell Wilson at the veteran minimum, not the veteran maximum or a new deal. Oh, that got my attention today. And then J.J. McCarthy at 13, you know, the quarterback out of Michigan who won a national championship, he could end up being great. He, he could be better than Jaden Daniels. He could end up being a lot better than Aiden O'Connell. I don't know how good he's going to be, but he was really good at Michigan, but he played on a really good team with a really good coach in Jim Harbaugh and who was kind of his favorite player of all time at Michigan. So that was like the perfect storm for him. Will J.J. McCarthy be ready to play at 13? No, he won't be ready to play. Uh, could you draft J.J. McCarthy at 13 and park him behind Aiden O'Connell for the first four or five games? Absolutely. Can you still go out and get a veteran? Absolutely. But I wanted to throw that out because that jumped out at me. I said, oh, my God, Russell Wilson at the veteran minimum. Everybody, here's the quick reminder. Russell Wilson needs a job. He's not good. He's great. Last year, you thought he didn't have a good year. He had a pretty good year. His quarterback rating was really good. He played for a coach who wanted to run him out of the organization. Is Russell Wilson a bit bizarre? Yeah, he's a bit bizarre. Uh, he's got a wife who is in, you know, pretty popular. I think she wants to live in Vegas. I would guarantee you she wants to live in Vegas and do a show at the Fountain Blue, not in the main theater because she can't fill it up, but in the lounge. She'd do pretty good at the Fountain Blue three nights a weekend, hanging out there doing a show. So I can guarantee his wife wants to come here. Is Russell Wilson a locker room cancer? How dare you say that? He has the Russell Wilson patch of Walter Payton on his jersey. He's an NFL man of the year. No one who goes to and basically builds children's hospitals like Peyton Manning and goes visits kids anonymously who are going through pediatric cancer is a locker room cancer. Okay, so stop this Russell Wilson's a bad guy. Is he different? Yeah. Does he dress different? Does he, does he look more GQ than NFL? Absolutely. Can Russell Wilson be reborn? Look at his age compared to Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is a freak show, a nut job, crazy, just out of, the, out of this world and blew out his Achilles. Russell Wilson didn't blow out his Achilles. He's completely healthy, and he's beat every team in this league and played in two Super Bowls and won one. Everybody here knows the comparison to Jim Plunkett, who should be in the Hall of Fame, and the great Jim Plunkett won two Super Bowls and had a Super Bowl MVP. 
Russell Wilson's stats and his career at a really high level. I don't think Russell Wilson fits with the Raiders. I don't. I am not a champion for Russell Wilson today. I'm just telling you what's being reported today on SportsCenter by Mike Tannenbaum, and I thought it was a pretty juicy topic. I really do. Uh, To get a guy at the veteran minimum, and he's Russell Wilson, how would Raider Nation feel with Russell Wilson coming out of the tunnel with Max Crosby to the right, Josh Jacobs to the left, and Devontae Adams behind him? You think you got a pretty good team? You think you got a playoff team with Russell Wilson leading you out completely healthy with a brand new offense, heavy loaded on running the ball? Yeah, you're going to win more games and lose. I can promise you that, but he might not be the fit. Antonio Pierce and Tom Telesco are in charge. Okay, they're in charge. They're going, to, they're going to try to find the right chemistry for the Raiders. Don't get crazy. I'm not saying JT the brick. Clip it. Everyone likes to clip these reels, man. You clip one thing that one guy says, you throw it out there. No, I'm not saying go get Russell Wilson. Mike Tannenbaum said it's a priority to get Russell Wilson. We put that in the monologue. And then lastly, again, as I said, Deshaun Reed's column on Josh Jacobs is pretty good on what to do with Josh. Uh, in the NFL, automatically, automatically, you're not guaranteed a job at the running back position. You're not guaranteed a job at the running back position because you're a great Raider. Marcus Allen is the best example. He butted heads. Mr. Davis butted heads with him. Mark Davis put that back together. Mark Davis put back the relationship. Mark Davis of Marcus Allen with the Raider Nation. And now wherever I go, I see Marcus Allen in Vegas. He loves the Raiders. He had an unbelievable career with Kansas City and the Raiders. That doesn't mean it's Josh Jacobs' birthright to retire a Raider. Running backs don't retire with the team they came in with. Look at Derrick Henry now as he waves goodbye and he's available. I think the three great running backs that are available now via the franchise tag or going somewhere else are Derrick Henry, Saquon Barkley, and Josh Jacobs. I think the Dallas Cowboys are going after all three. Dallas Cal- Jerry Jones wants one of those guys because he thinks he's on the verge of going to a Super Bowl. I thought the Cowboys were on the verge of going to the Super Bowl. And if they could get him instead of Tony Pollard, how good would Josh Jacobs play in Dallas behind that offensive line? Really good. So the Raiders got to make a decision if they want to keep him. Can they get him in a cap-friendly deal? And that's what Tom Telesco, I'm assuming, is doing. I'm assuming he's going to do that and look at the numbers here because the Raiders have 35-plus million in cap space, and we'll get into that with Vinny Bonsignor. If you want to tag Josh Jacobs and you tag him at over $13 million coming off the season he just had missing four games, it's a big number. It's a really big number that affects the Raiders' cap going forward. It's a lot of money. And I'm, I, don't get in, I don't get in front of Josh's money. I've only interviewed him once. I don't know him well, but I respect the hell out of him. So those are three big topics. Russell Wilson, according to Mike Tannenbaum, priority number one. Lewis Riddick, also on SportsCenter, priority, getting a quarterback. And then third priority is Josh Jacobs. What do you do with him? Tag him, uh, work off the Deshaun Reed column, give him all the credit for writing that. And Vinny Bonsignor coming up here at the bottom of the hour. Uh, Vinny will join us and we'll talk about some of the new coaches and their style and what could happen going on. I mean, it's the offseason, everybody. We're officially in the dead zone. I came up with that word. That's mine. 20 years ago, the dead zone is at the end of the NFL season, after the Super Bowl, before the Combine. Really, the Combine's the dead zone, too, but it'll matter a lot for us here locally. But the time between the Super Bowl 
and the NFL draft as the NBA is on their all-star break is the dead zone of sports. A lot of people take vacation. A lot of people run and hide. A lot of people don't want to do any radio because they got to well down and dig for topics. And we don't do a lot of movies. We don't do a lot of cheeseburger talks. And what's your favorite restaurant in Vegas? We want to stick to sports. So I think I gave you a lot to put out there. If you want to jump in on any of it, 702-365-9200. You know, I'm a NASCAR guy. We're going to catch up with Larry McReynolds. He was a crew chief for Dale Earnhardt Sr. When Dale Sr. won his only Daytona 500, he's going to recap the Daytona 500. We're going to look ahead to what, the, uh, what Vegas has with two NASCAR races, one regular season and one postseason race coming up. A couple of people are in the chat on Jimmy G. Jimmy G ties. <laughs> Here's uh, Ty Davis. I'll be crazy if Jimmy G uh, tries staying, signing a team-friendly deal. Look, I don't think that's going to happen, but anything can happen, and it usually does. Football's a little bit crazy, and that's why we have some of the most notorious fans in all of football. And again, I look to hear from you. If not, I just talk for two hours at a fast pace with great guests, good energy, and I lead into cue. And we got great partners and advertisers, and we want to go big every day on the show. But there's a caveat to that. We count on Raider fans participating. I'm not going to talk for two hours about potentials that are not going to happen. I don't do pie-in-the-sky fantasy radio. Who are we going to get in the second round of the draft? Because no one knows who we're going to get in the second round of the draft. I'm going to talk about team needs. I'm going to talk about the chemistry of the team. I'm going to talk about the fan base, the coaches, what we know. And then we'll speculate and have some fun about what's going to happen going forward. But the priorities, I agree with Lewis Riddick. Got to get a quarterback. We must get a quarterback now. This is one of the rare times the Raiders are close. They don't have the perfect draft pick. I didn't want to lose games at the end of the year. I wanted to win, and the Raiders did. If the Raiders would have lost out, we could have had the fifth or sixth pick. We wouldn't have Antonio Pierce. He wouldn't have got the job. So it was more important for Antonio Pierce to win down the stretch and keep his job. And then as the Raiders went from the sixth pick overall to the ninth, to the 12th, to 13, you know, you got the coach you want, but you don't have the ideal pick to go get a quarterback. But Tom Telesco is good at trading up. Or maybe the quarterback will fall to the Raiders. Don't know, but it's going to be fun to watch. I love the fact that we're in the hunt. We are in the hunt. The Raiders have the ability to get a franchise quarterback. They got a lot of money in cap space. They got a really good defensive coordinator and the cornerstone of a great defense. Man, this thing could get really good. A lot of people are saying if the Raiders just pile on and build on for one more free agent and draft class on defense, this could be a top seven or eight defense, which could lead you to the playoffs, even if the offense takes a little bit of time to get going. But my gut feeling tells me from Radio Row at the Super Bowl, the hiring of Luke Getze and Joe Philbin, that this team, as of today, it could change, is building around Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams has got something going on that I can't figure out. This franchise coaching staff is starting to feel a lot like the NFC East and the New York Giants with Antonio Pierce back in the day and the Green Bay Packer tree, which is the fundamentals of the West Coast offense with Mike Holmgren, clearly what we've seen in the past with a really good coach and Mike McCarthy, a Super Bowl coach who knows offense, Getsy now and what these other coaches look like here. So do you agree with this or do you look at it saying, eh, I'll believe it when I see it. Those are all the topics that I throw out. Vinny Bonsignor will join us in five minutes and he's going to introduce us to some of the coaches 
Vinny's wrote a lot of content about that. Monologue brought to you by our great friends, the 872 Laborers, led by Tommy White. They build the city on time and on budget construction. It gets done with the 872 Laborers, proud partners of our show. That's the monologue. We put it on YouTube. I don't want you to watch the whole show. I don't want to watch the whole show. I don't want you. I want you to listen to the whole show because we got a lot of partners here. But every day I'll throw about 27 minutes to an hour on the YouTube feed in the first hour of the show. Love you to sign up. We got a bunch of people in there now. YouTube, JT the Brick, YT, subscribe and like, and then start sharing it with your friends. And you can see how a radio show is built behind the scenes, which as everybody in the chat sees, no notes, no teleprompters, you know, no leaflets of paper. It's all from me to you, man. From what I know about sports in my mind, I give it directly to you, opinionated, high energy, and fast pace. That's all I do. Some heavy lifting in the offseason until we get to the draft, until we get to free agency, and I think the Raiders are going to be active in both. When we come back, Vinny Bonsignor will join us. We'll talk to Vinny about the coaches, what, what trend he sees with the coaches coming up, what he sees happening going forward, And if he likes the coaching staff or not, also a comment on Josh Jacobs as we continue. Live from my studio, the Brick House, we call it. Because my wife put some work into the studio. I think it looks pretty good as we begin the show. Vinny B coming up next. This is the flagship of the Silver and Black. Yeah, it's obviously an impressive one, right? I think there's a lot of different flavors, and um, I think it, it, I think it'll be. I'm going to have a lot of fun diving into it. I haven't gotten to that point where I, I could I could give you the evaluation on each guy, but I think that you know, watching from afar, as watching that college football season, I think that that you know, this is a pretty cool year. There's a lot of different styles of, of guys, and and uh, a lot of success that they've had in, in college. So I'm excited to get get down into that stuff. All right, Luke Getze, who met the media, and uh, he's welcoming himself to this great community of Las Vegas. We should welcome him in. One of the new coaches with the Silver and Black every week. We get a, we have the pleasure of talking to Vinny Bonsignor from Vegas Nation, our flagship radio station, and the Las Vegas Review-Journal. So, Vinny, I'm just going to wind you up and let you go. I wanted you to introduce our audience. I know you do it on your show in the morning to some of the new coaches here. So let's fire away first with Luke Getze, what we need to know about him, his tree, and his style of offense. Yeah, and I think that, um, you know, uh, it's followed suit when you talk about Luke Getze and every other uh, coach that the Raiders have hired now on the offensive side of the ball and, and um, also kept in, in terms of like a Edgar Bennett as a wide receivers coach, but there's a direct connection to the West Coast offense. There's a direct connection uh, to the Shanahan way of doing things. There's a direct conne- connection to the Mike Holmgren um, you know, Mike McCarthy way of doing things uh, in Green, Green Bay, uh, and even the running back coach, you know, Cadillac Williams, who was drafted by John Gruden and grew up in the West Coast offense. I think it all kind of goes back to that. Um, and between Luke Getze, who has a lot of experience in that kind of an offense, obviously Joe Philbin, uh, who the Raiders just hired as a senior offensive assistant, which I think is a sneaky big move. Mm-hmm. Uh, it all goes back uh, to that type of an offense. And, and I th- think in their in their eyes, They've brought in a bunch of experienced teachers that speak that language, that know that system, that know that offense, are going to be able to articulate it uh, to to these players who are now making a transition sort of back to the West Coast offense because that's what John Gruden ran. 
but also guys like Colton Miller, who's been in this offense, Devontae Adams, obviously a disciple of Green Bay Packers. He knows this offense like the back of his hand. Uh, so, so when you're thinking about um, what the Raiders are striving to do here, I think it all goes back to that West Coast offense and be able to uh, teach it and articulate it. And it starts with, obviously, Luke Getzi as their offensive coordinator. Right, let's move to quarterback coach and what you would think of the development of the quarterback position, even though the Raiders now have Aiden O'Connell. We're aware of that, but they could get a veteran or move up in the draft and get a quarterback or wait at 13. How important is that position in this staff underneath Luke Getzi? Yeah, no doubt about it. And uh, they hired Rich uh, Scandarello, um, who's been hired three times, I think it is, mm-hmm. uh, by Kyle Shanahan, once um, as his quality control coach um, with the offense of the, of the Atlanta Falcons, and then twice uh, as, the 40, as his 49ers uh, quarterback's coach. So uh, obviously, again, somebody that um, a Kyle Shanahan, who I don't know if there's you know, a more respected offensive mind in this game, obviously feels rich, you know, is, is, is somebody that he trusted his, co- his quarterbacks with. Um, and that's going to be somebody, and I think that it's, it's pretty obvious whether it's Aiden O'Connell or um, a draft pick, which I do expect the Raiders to be aggressive in terms of the draft and bringing in their quarterback of their future. Um, there's going to be a, a sort of a ground-up approach to teaching uh, these young quarterbacks, and, and Rich definitely has a, a history in that. And obviously, again, he speaks kind of the same language that, that Getsy does, so it all kind of goes hand-in-hand. Hand. Uh, Vinny Bonsignor is our guest. I want to go back to Joe Philbin and knowing him. I've interviewed him in the past, and I, I call him a no-nonsense guy. Uh, his recent stop at Ohio State, the Cowboys on the offensive line, he was a head coach for the Miami Dolphins. We saw him on hard knocks. I've been getting a lot of pushback from Raider fans saying he wasn't hardcore enough, he didn't have a personality. Guy's a head coach in the league. He's another head coach with Marvin Lewis in the building. So on a tough day, on a bad practice, if Antonio Pierce is having a coaches meeting, he's got Marvin Lewis to the left, Joe Philbin to the right, other coaches with experience. I think that can only help. Now, I'm not, a, I'm not saying Joe Philbin is going to be a head coach again in this league. If he's successful here with the Raiders, that could happen. But I think he's the right guy at the right time because experience counts with a coach who just had the interim tag ripped off and he's becoming a head coach for the first time. Yeah, no doubt about it. And, uh, and, and, you know, one of the things that, you know, you have to respect about Antonio Pierce is he knows what he doesn't know uh, at this stage of his head coach development. That's not going to necessarily be the case six years down the line. Uh, if he stays in this business and, 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 and as a head coach, obviously that'll change. But for right now, I mean, you know, Antonio Pierce just completed his second season as an NFL coach. And the, and, and, uh, the majority of that time was spent as a position coach. So he doesn't, He's never had to put together, um, you know, obviously going back to high school, he had to do this, but we're talking about the NFL here, a practice program, an off-season program, the OTAs, training camp, uh, all these things that a head coach, um, you know, coordinates is a first-time thing for an Antonio Pierce. And there's going to be a lot of things that happen this off-season that are happening for the first time as an Antonio Pierce. And still, when he gets into the season and into training camp and and into OTAs, there's going to be first-time things for Antonio Pierce, so what a great asset to have uh, in a Joe Philbin and, a, and obviously a Marvin Lewis to be able to, to lean on. I got a laugh at not hardcore enough. I don't know what even that means to, yeah. to, to, at all, to, to be honest with you. So I got to laugh at that a little bit. 
Um, you know, he's a teacher. He understands it inside and out. He's coached under some really good coaches, ran his own program. So just that wisdom and that experience and that I'm, I'm a firm believer that uh, as long as everybody knows their roles and the lanes to stay in, and I, I firmly believe that Joe and Marvin will understand their roles, especially at this stage of their careers, you can never have too much brain power. You can never have too many eyes or too many ears keeping an eye on things and hearing things and listening things and offering input uh, to your head coach. I saw that firsthand with the Rams and Sean McVay, how he, how he surrounded himself those early years with great thinkers and great minds uh, and leaned on them. And why wouldn't you? You know, the, the goal is to win, uh, not to get all the credit, not to, you know, um, uh, you know, toot your own horn. It's to win football games. And I think that Antonio Pierce understands that. And I think uh, the, the coaches that they've hired, especially those coaches in, the, in those senior advisory roles, uh, are going to really help him uh, in this early stage of his co- head coaching career. Vinny Bonsignor is our guest. Check him out on all his platforms. So with Patrick Graham, Vinny, it just seems like the defensive staff, most of it was going to be retained. The offensive staff from Bo Hardegree and everyone else was going to be let go. And the defense would be more stable with the coaching and the philosophy there. And then there's a new philosophy led by Luke Getze. So with Patrick Graham's staff going forward and what you saw last year, I think the big winner is Raider Nation that – Patrick Graham didn't leave for a head coaching job. I think he's more qualified than the head coach that's in Seattle now or in some of these other markets. He didn't get Patrick Graham as a head coach. Bill Belichick didn't get a job either to beat Carroll and Mike Vrabel. And I believe Patrick Graham will be a head coach in the next cycle or two more cycles. And the Raiders have to take advantage of this moment, having Patrick Graham just tightening up the defense a little bit more so it's a playoff defense going forward. Yeah, and I think that you know there's been some there's been some changes there on that side of the ball uh, as well. Obviously, they had to figure out who was going to replace Antonio Pierce at linebacker coach. Here comes Mike Caldwell, you know, a former defensive coordinator. Um, you know, uh, the secondary coach. Both coaches played in the NFL, including Ricky Manny Jr., who is going to now coach. You know, the, the cornerbacks uh, bringing in an Andre Carter to, to coach mm-hmm. uh, as a pass rush specialist, a former NFL player. Um, you know, hasn't been out of the game uh, too long to help Rob Leonard, who's the defensive line coach. A lot of, and it, it, it feels like um, it feels like Antonio's sort of taken a page out of uh, Dan Campbell's uh, playbook uh, up there in Detroit. I want to say that there were seven or so. There were a lot of former NFL players that are that are coaches under Dan Campbell, including Dan Campbell. Well, you come over here to Las Vegas. Uh, obviously, Antonio Pierce is a former NFL player, great NFL player at that. And he's really surrounded himself with other NFL players, former NFL players. And I think there's something to be said about that. I think we learned that uh, in Detroit. Obviously, it all comes down to can these guys teach? Can they convey their message? Um, Can they motivate? You know, those types of things. But uh, provided that they can, I think that experience that they have as players and the, the, the respect that that um, creates from the players that they're teaching is invaluable. And, uh, and so I, I like how uh, they've, they've approached the defensive side of the ball uh, under Patrick Graham. And I think that if something were to, uh, to go down for, for Patrick in terms of being a head coach as early as next year, you've got a guy like Mike Caldwell uh, who could step right into that role, has been a, d- a defensive coordinator in his career. Uh, Vinny Bonsignor, as we wrap it up, the number one story as I hit the air, number one on ESPN.com, Antonio Pierce, Raiders have Mahomes rules for playing the Chiefs. And I'm sure you're aware of this from Max Crosby's The Rush podcast. 
on you know going after Mahomes. And I wonder the way the league looks at his comments here overall. We both know Antonio Pierce. You always ask the first question. I interview him up in the building. I love this energy. He's not talking about injuries. He's talking about playing him the way the Pistons played Jordan, which was physical. Where is the line on what you can say when it comes to the face of the NFL, Patrick Mahomes, going forward as a rival and a rivalry coach that needs to beat this team going forward? Where's the line that you can't cross, Vinny? Yeah, and I don't think he crossed it. And, mm-hmm. I, and I did a story on this. It's posted on, uh, you know, over at Vegas Nation right now. I don't think he crossed the line. I mean, I think he's being, you, you know, this is nothing that doesn't get talked about in every single mm-hmm. locker room, every single defensive team meeting when you're playing a Patrick Mahomes or any quarterback. You know, this is still, as much as the NFL, and rightfully so, uh, have done things to, um, you know, prohibit injuries and to uh, protect against injuries, there isn't a, and this is another thing that makes me laugh, for anybody that thinks that this is a soft game, go down to the sidelines and watch a game and tell me after that that it's a soft game. It's ridiculous. This is still a physical, demanding sport, and uh, it's pretty obvious that one way to get into a quarterback is to be physical with that quarterback, is to let that quarterback know that you're there um, and, and for him to feel you there because that's how skittish throws happen. That's how you get guys off balance. That's how you get guys to maybe see some ghosts out there that aren't there uh, by, by being physical within the rules. And there was nothing that, that um, A, the Detroit Pistons, especially at that time uh, and the way that game was played at that point in, in, in time, there was nothing that they did that was illegal. They, they played within the rules. But it was pretty obvious that to, to slow a Michael Jordan down, you had to be physical with him. You had to be intentional. You had to let him know that you're there and you're not going anywhere. And I don't think there's anything wrong with what Antonio Pierce said in terms of defending a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes or any good quarterback for that matter. You have to be physical. You have to let them know that you're there because you're trying to beat them and you're trying to win. And as long as it stays within the rules, and there was nothing that I read personally mm-hmm. or heard uh, on that podcast that I felt crossed any lines. Yeah, I thought it was perfect. I think that's what you have to do if you're the head coach of the Raiders. You have to establish the rivalry because it hasn't been a rivalry. Kansas City has been owning the Raiders in this dynasty run. They're now officially a dynasty with three Super Bowls in five years. The Raiders were the last team to beat them. And I think Antonio Pierce verbally has to remind not only the Raider fans, but everybody else that the Raiders are here to stay. Uh, Vinny, finally, uh, go ahead. Real quick, that's how they beat the Chiefs. Yeah. They didn't win offensively. They beat them by playing great defense. And, yes. and, and if you listen to what Antonio was, say, was saying, he brought this up before the game. He brought up the need to be physical, to be aggressive um, uh, against, against the Chiefs. And I was there Christmas Day. That's exactly how they played defensively. Mm-hmm. They scored two defensive touchdowns. So the message got heated by the Raiders. Now, you know, for them moving forward, obviously they need to add some more offense. You're not going to win too many games playing the type of offense they did on Christmas Day in Kansas City. But you could sure keep yourself in games by playing the kind of defense that they did. All right, Vinny, last one. I kind of want our listeners to hear your calendar going forward because, look, I could go balls out every show and go quarterback. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to wait till the draft. I got to make sure that the show has a pace to it. Every day I can't be sitting here going franchise tag Josh Jacobs because I want the show to have a flow and talk about everything going on in Raider Nation. You have a calendar in front of you with the combine, the draft. So walk us through in these fans the next maybe 30 to 60 days on what the world looks like in Raider Nation with the calendar. You know, it's funny you should mention that because uh, 
on on the last day of the Raiders, you know, when you had the exit interviews and whatnot, I was I happened to be walking out of the locker room with with uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, and he said to me, he's like, "So do you get some time off?" And I kind of looked at him, and he, and he literally said to me, "He is wow, the look that you just gave me." And I was like, "Man, there's no, there really is no time off." And you know, it started with the Senior Bowl, then the Super Bowl. Next week we're going to be in Indianapolis. Q's going to be there as well uh, for the scouting combine. It's twenty days. Uh, until a starter free agency, uh, you, you know what I'm saying? Like it's it's right around the corner. And then of course is the free agency, and it's the owners' meetings in Orlando, Florida, in late March, and then the draft. And so so it rapidly happens. And and I give the NFL a lot of credit for always being able to stay on that radar, on that news radar, because we just wrapped up the Super Bowl, and we're already talking about next week going into Indianapolis to see the next great wave of players. And I'm really curious to uh, to, 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 to really talk to some of these quarterback prospects So I know that the Raiders um, are taking deep dives uh, into and trying to get a handle on that. But before you know it, you're already going to start talking about uh, players that the Raiders are signing, players that the Raiders may be losing uh, in free agency, trades, all of those types of things is literally right around the corner. A last one, a quick follow-up. Do you like where the Raiders are in free agency? Because the fans don't know a lot about Tom Telesco and what he wants to do year one. I know Dave Ziegler wasn't big on going crazy in free agency, even though they made the Devontae Adams trade. But with the cap space available, the added space to Jimmy G and the suspension, is adding to the Raiders. Are you optimistic they're going to be big spenders, medium, or just kind of pick and choose? What do you? What, what your gut tell you? We'll, we'll have to see, but I but I know that uh, they have, um, they should have. If, based on last year's mm-hmm. uh, budget, you know, and, and how much they spent last year, I think it was two hundred twenty-five million dollars in cash. Um, right now, they're on the books for about one hundred and sixty, and I don't think that's even accounting the eleven that's going to come off um, uh, for both Jimmy Garoppolo and, and Hunter Renfro. So. Money that you had that they had earmarked that's coming off that give that leaves them around seventy million dollars potentially mm-hmm. to be able to spend in cash uh, and and they're in good shape on the on the um, on the salary cap as well so I would expect them to be uh, players yes in in free agency uh, and and the difference I think this year compared to other years in the past was a the amount of cash that they do have to spend that's coming off the books. And then B, I don't think that they have as many needs as they've had in the past. Remember, this time last year, uh, JT, we were talking about who's going to play defensive line, who's going to play linebacker, who's going to play cornerback, who's going to play safety. Well, um, you know, uh, a lot of credit to whether you're talking about Jack Jones or Robert Spillane or, or, or Marcus Epps or, or Jacoby Myers, some of the players that, that uh, this team has brought in over the last 12 months or so. They've closed a lot of holes, so I don't think that their needs are as vast as they have been in the past. They could be more particular in the, in the positions that they attack, and you couple that with the money that they have and some of the space that they have under the cap, you would expect that Tom Telesco and, and his group are going to be really defined in what they need and maybe be able to spend a little bit more money at a certain position because they don't need to spread it out, out as much to fill a whole bunch of holes. I would expect offensive line and defensive line um, especially the interior of the defensive line, to be uh, points of interest uh, coming up in free agency. Vinny, let's hit your proud partners on the way out, and thanks for coming on. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Dos Cotas Tequila, go check them out at Total Wine. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can get all your Dos Cotas products there at Total Wine. And if you're here in Las Vegas as well, uh, go check out Senior Frogs over at the Treasure Island Hotel. Every day, uh, daily specials, two-for-one specials of Dos Cotas uh, products over at Senior Frogs. Thank you, Vinny. We'll talk to you next week. Always appreciate you. Thank you, JT. Vinny Bonsignor, really good. 15 minutes on the new Raiders coaches, the tree that those coaches come out of. Uh, he's heading to the Combine with Q, so we'll have the Raider Nation coverage for you from the Combine. And Combine is fun. It could be a little bit sticky on 
interviewing certain players that'll never be Raiders, but that's part of doing the due diligence. You got to watch the combine. You got to watch them compete, and you got to get to know the players. Look at Michael Mayer last year. Look at Trey Tucker at the Senior Bowl and the franchise going forward. We're going to talk about Josh Jacobs at the top of the hour and what the options are for the running back of the silver and black. Theodore pokes it in, walks to the left, Carlson scores! William Carlson, power play goal off the right post and home. Down a point for Shea Theodore, his return to the lineup too. And 47 seconds into the third period, Vegas has life within two goals, trailing the Predators 4-2. Well, Vegas had life on the Carlson goal. Dan Duva on the call, but they lose. And look, uh, this is not a perfect season for the Vegas Golden Knights. It's not going to be perfect. Uh, this season is about Vegas having a high seed, being fresh, ready, healthy, heading into the postseason. I like the regular season. I go to games. I like what Vegas is doing. I like the coach. I like everybody. None of these games matter. None of them. It's like the NBA if you're a one or two seed. You're Milwaukee or Philadelphia, you're one of the two seeds, you're not worried about Oklahoma City, you're not freaking out about Minnesota possibly being the best team, you just want to get into the playoffs. And I got a lot to say about the NBA over the last couple of days, but for the Vegas Golden Knights, just be healthy. William Carlson, Jonathan Marceau, Petrangelo Stone, get into the playoffs close to 100%, and then just start burying teams in the playoffs. You've got to do it on the road. In the conference finals, you go do it on the road. They're Stanley Cup champs. They're not going to win every game. Uh, thanks to everybody on the live stream that's there. Appreciate it. Thanks for subscribing, hitting the like button. We'll be on tonight at 6 p.m. Pacific. You know, I put out the show tweet about Mike Tannenbaum saying he loves the plan of the Raiders signing Russell Wilson on Twitter at JT the Brick. Uh, GB says no to Russell Wilson, not a Raider locker room fit. How the hell do you know who fits in the Raiders locker room, GB? How in God's name do you know who fits in an NFL locker room? Are you in that locker room? Do you know who fits in the locker room? Do you know if Nate Hobbs is a better guy than Russell Wilson? Do you know if Ja'Korian Bennett is a better teammate than Russell Wilson? LaShawn Ford says, hell no, Russell Wilson is not a Raider. He's been washed. He's a retread quarterback. We've been doing that for a long time. We need to go up and draft our guy. I don't disagree on going up and drafting a guy, I disagree that Russell Wilson is washed. He's not washed. You know who was washed at one point in time? Fact, Jim Plunkett. Jim Plunkett was washed. He was done. He was thinking about retiring. He told me. Jim Plunkett, after the Patriots and 49ers beatdown, where he physically was so done, he didn't know if he was going to play in the great Al Davis. The Mavericks said, Jim, I'm bringing you over. You got to rest. You're not going to play. You're going to rest to be ready. And Jim Plunkett went on to be one of the greatest Raiders of all time. Was Jim Plunkett washed when he came from the 49ers and the Patriots? A lot more than Russell Wilson. And Jim Plunkett went on to greatness. Don't knock a player who's playing football competitively at the highest stage, is taking a beating, and looks for a new chapter in their career. That's what the Raiders have been built on. Bringing guys who were forgotten about and bringing them to the Raiders and then their career went to the next level.